Welcome in to 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I, of course, am your host, Drew Creaseman. Always excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you. And I'm coming to you if you're on the spaces live, if you're listening to the podcast a little bit later on. But I am immediately after uh, quite an entertaining and exciting baseball game. The Colorado Rockies take their first game in Texas over the Rangers. Uh, the, <laughs> the wild and in extras, uh, they get the six to four win. Uh, it looked like it was going to be a six, five game there at the end, uh, in a weird mirror image, uh, the Rangers were going to get a run on a botched double play attempt where the Rockies had gotten one earlier in the game. Uh, Brendan Rogers, you know, throw a little bit offline. Looked like we were really going to be looking at some intense times there. One run lead, the the tying run at second base and and all of that, but uh, Rockies decide to challenge. The umpires go to review, and they overturned it. Uh, This has been, like, there are so many different ways in which I feel like the Colorado Rockies, just of our general expectations, do not win this baseball game, right? I, in fact, when they left a small village on base for the first four innings and then fell behind 3-1, I've watched this team my entire life and I just went, well, lost it. Just, you know, there it is. That's the ball game. You know, it can't get them all. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting it to be a, an up and down year for the team. <clears throat> and, you know, their inability to capitalize early is going to be what costs them. Right. That, that was, I was there. I'm sure a lot of you were. And then not only was I shocked at the comeback, which of course did include some mistakes on the part of the Rangers to help all of that happen. Uh, but then to go up to an extras and hang on with, of all people, Ashton Godot on the hill, collecting what I've got to believe is his first career save. Don't quote me on that because, uh, you know, like I said, this just happened and I don't have any post-game notes in front of me and I'm, I'm just kind of going off the cuff here a little bit because this was such a wild game and I had to come on immediately and respond to it. But... Uh, unless I fell unconscious for like a couple of weeks last season, which is actually entirely possible, <laughs> um, that I don't remember Ashton Godot recording a save, you know, and, and he was one of those borderline roster guys in general. And in, in fact, when there was going to be a little bit of a crunch, if you, if you remember this, if you were following really closely in the off season, uh, before Ryan Rollison was put on the 60 day IL, we were thinking maybe somebody was going to have to be DFA to make room for, uh, Randall Gritchick. And as it turned out, some of the other guys that they brought in, right, they, they were they were going to have too many guys on the 40-man roster. And so I was thinking maybe Ashton Godot might be one of those guys, you know. He's, he's never really impressed. He's always been okay, but there's also a reason that he's, like, bounced around. Uh, he's been on the Rockies, like, three different times in their organization. Uh, and part of that is because he, he's always been kind of a Bill Schmidt guy, right? Bill Schmidt... Has always really enjoyed, I guess, the general idea of Ashton Godot. He was a big pet project of theirs in Double A uh, with some of their pitching gurus who found the best of him back then. And to see him go out there after you know the bullpen, as much as it's frustrating, obviously, to see Daniel Bard give up 
a two-out home run, blow the save. We're only a few games into the season, and and there's the first big blown save. As frustrating as that is, right, I think you'd be hard-pressed to say Daniel Bard has pitched abhorrently this season or that the bullpen has pitched abhorrently. Tyler Kinley had a rough patch in the opener. Uh, there are a few other moments. You know, Colome hasn't been maybe quite as, as awesome as you might hope, but pretty much everyone who's come out of the pen has at least been serviceable. And nobody has been terrible, right? And and y'all are Rockies fans listening to this. So you, you're grading on that curve of like Brian Shaw and, and Bad Wade Davis and all of that, right? Like we know what a, what a real Rockies bullpen implosion looks like. And today was not that. Right. Even the the five run inning, which was, you know, it's a little bit Kyle Freeland, a little bit Tyler Kinley back on opening day. And that's that's basically it. Right. That's what you're talking about. So ultimately that Bard refocused, didn't allow any more to come in. He has been sharper with his stuff. Now, that was a that was a tater. He he missed his spot. But 98 belt high, you know, to a lefty power hitter. And, and he's had that lefty issue all last season, so that's something we're again going to have to keep our eye on and wonder whether or not he maintains the closer role or has to be moved into more of a, a roaming setup, man, where you use him when the other teams like best righties are all coming up, right? But I, I still don't think you're looking at, I, I get it, no one likes the blown save, but right now I still don't think you freak about Daniel Bard, right? <clears throat> the rest of these guys look fairly solid. Uh, you know, Justin Lawrence, I thought, again, you're frustrated that he lets those runs come in on that pitch, but it wasn't a terrible pitch, and he didn't, he walked a guy, you don't love to see that, but it wasn't, you know, on four pitches or anything, and I get that some of this is nuanced stuff, but again, if you're grading on the general curve, even if we're talking about last year's bullpen, and this was a huge, huge highlight of mine throughout the offseason and the buildup to this year was that the key for this team is for the bullpen to not be amazing, not be awesome, just don't be a disaster. They can't be terrible, right? And the bullpen has, for a lot of the existence of the Rockies, and, and obviously for the last couple of years, been terrible, been one of the worst in the National League, and, and honestly, in all of baseball. And they just have not been that so far this year. And everybody knock on wood as I say that, right? Everybody, you know, out there, if you believe in all that stuff, do what you need to do. But the fact of the matter is they've been solid. They haven't really blown anything yet, even though they blew the save today with Bard letting the home run go. Like I said, he gets the third out, doesn't allow the team to go behind, uh, and Godot gets the job done. How about that? Uh, they use all their guys. You know, you got to use Estevez, Colome, Bard, and, and apparently uh, now Godot is is a, he's not going to be a back end guy. That's but that's one of the things you do when when you go into extras. And all of a sudden, though, you look out there at the pen, and I, I will tell you, you know, for a minute, uh, Jordan Sheffield was getting ready, and I was like, Ugh, I don't know about that. But you know, with even with like Justin Lawrence coming in in, in a good spot for him there earlier in the game. And not letting things get totally out of hand. You, you look out there and you, you see a f- surprising number of arms that at least at this moment, based on the pitches they've thrown this season, you're not scared of them coming into the game. Uh, you know, now, rem- remind me that I said that in a couple of weeks. You know, <laughs> remind me that that is a thing that I said out loud. It, I recorded it even. I'm putting it out. I'm publishing it in public. So, but uh, we'll, we'll see. So far... The pen has surprisingly not only been not a disaster, but they've had to pick up a decent number of innings here in the early going with Kyle not being able to go deep. 
you know, with Senza not being able to go deep. And now with Gomber not being able to go deep, Marquez is the only one. And in fact, he's one of the few guys around all of baseball. If you just look at it, not a lot of dudes going seven so far. That's uh, because of the truncated spring training. Absolutely. But that that means that this bullpen who has no vaunted stars and, and nobody column is really the only new guy. There's a tie block. Obviously he's new guy too. And he had that. Maybe he's the one guy who had the fantastic, fantastic performance, right? Getting a, four innings save in a rubber match against an all-star lineup in a game that got closer than it should have uh, because of one key error in left field by Chris Bryant, who, by the way, has looked a little bit shaky in left. I think he's going to iron that out as the the year goes on. You got to love the at-bats he's given you so far. You know, it was right in the middle of that early rally there where the Rockies should have scored at least two or three runs. Um, let me talk about that real quickly since I'm just there in the conversation. Um, I understand Stu Cole sending him in that situation. I don't like it, though. I don't like it with no outs in the game. You you hold up there. You don't make the first out at home. You're going to have runners at uh, uh, second and third and the heart of your order coming up, right? You should be able to bring these guys in. You should be able to get at least two there. And then as we saw, you know, with Crone actually coming up uh, with the I guess they called that a triple and and you have to, because you can't give the guy an error for a diving catch attempt that he didn't quite get, but you you get at least two runs out of that situation and probably a third because that out wasn't made at home. That means you've got Crone standing at third with one away. And again, a a ground ball to the right side, uh, you know, fly ball to decently, you know, deep outfield. You're talking about a three run lead for the Rockies in the first inning, which is really what it, Almost certainly would have been if he just not sent the runner. I do understand, and the statistics are pretty, pretty in favor of the team that scores the first run and scoring the first run on the road. And we all know again about the history of the Rockies' road struggles in terms of getting offense. So here you've got a guy ripping a ball into the gap with a pretty decent runner on and Stu Cole wants to send him because you know who knows how many scoring opportunities you're going to get it's going to take two really good throws to get him and they got two really good throws from two really good defenders he's out um but you know so that that's so I understand the thought process I just I don't like it you know uh hold him there you you you've this you got to trust this veteran offense a little bit more than that to at least be able to put the ball in play and get you more than one run out of that situation. Uh, though I say that, <laughs> and we saw a couple of innings later why you you would be aggressive, right? Because they had first and third, nobody out, uh, top of the order coming up, and and top of the order right now for this team really is one through four is the heart of the Rockies order right now. Um, so they had those guys coming up and they all punched out, right? Uh, that, that, that was kind of brutal. And so, so that's why sometimes you are, especially again, the Rockies and Stu Cole knows this. He's been with the Rockies for, I think, 152 years. And he has, uh, you know, and, and I know that especially with like everybody always remembers it's like with closers, right? You always remember the time he sends the guy and he gets thrown out at home and it's easy to blame the third base coach for those kinds of things. And a lot of times it is on them. Right. And I'm, I'm doing so here. That's literally what I'm doing. I'm just saying, I understand why he, he understands that the Rockies have 
always had trouble scoring runs on the road. And so anytime you've got a chance to get one, go for it. But I, you know, yeah. All right. I, I, I covered that one. Austin Gomber. Uh, was really, really looking sharp. And then a lot like Kyle Freeland, I think, you know, and, and as we've seen across baseball, kind of started to run out of gas just a little bit, started to lose just a little bit of sharpness, um, you know, and, and I understand uh, he, he had the, his bad luck on the one hit from um, low, the, the first RBI they had in the game. Of course, Rockies had eight hits and one run, right? And then uh, they come up with their like second hit, uh, and and score one off of him. That's always really frustrating for a pitcher. I thought Gomber did a good job mentally to bounce back from that. But again, generally speaking, uh, kind of like I was talking about with the bullpen, if you're just judging based on the stuff, the location, how the fastball looks, the movement on the slider, the curveball, the changeup, all of those things looked good for Gomber today. He really wasn't hit hard. Um, walked a, Did he walk two? I'm trying to get the score card up and it's not coming up but I, I i didn't like the first walk at all and that's something that you know he has to stay in the zone but again first start of the season short spring training i, I think you got to give a lot of guys across baseball a little bit of a mulligan for their first starts we'll see if, if guys are sharper moving forward here uh but yeah, on the flip side, a few other things offensively. Obviously, Connor Joe continues to be an absolute amazing story and baseball player for this team. He's taking the best consistent at-bats for, of anybody on the team. I'm trying to think. Let, let, let me let me double-check. Nope, it's Connor Joe. It's definitely Connor Joe. It's not just the results, right? We've seen now two home runs. Uh, that that have been clutch, you know, arguably game winners, uh, depending on how that last inning plays out. It, it could play out differently if he doesn't hit that home run, right? They can, with the California rule, uh, play for one run a little bit differently. But knowing that they had to get two changes the way that final inning unfolds anyway. So, yeah, you've got two clutch as hell home runs out of Connor Joe. But it's it's even, you know, it's more than that. It's him when he's leading off, setting the tone. He almost always seems to find himself in a 3-2 count and then make solid contact, whether it goes for a base hit or not. He did have a big strikeout today, like I mentioned, getting that sort of difficult thing started with runners at first and third. That's one of the very few situations where even hitting into a double play is a better uh, outcome than striking out. Though the pitch he got there was a really funky, like high slider. You don't see those too often, so he had to make a very late decision. He's not going to strike out a ton, but Connor Joe really setting the tone, setting the and and getting the juices flowing, getting the vibes flowing, feeling good for the team. You see the way the guys react to him in the dugout. You see the way they're excited every time he does something, the way he's excited every time that he does something, pumping the fist, yelling let's go, getting everyone up. Uh but obviously, you know, it, it comes out of the process and and everything that he does that he brings um like I said, for me, it really does begin at the at-bat that he's taking, that he's not swinging at too many pitches outside the zone, that he's not even swinging at pitchers' pitches. You know, if it's a 
3-0 count and a guy pulls a sinker that just falls over the back end of the strike zone, it's like, let him have that. You don't need to go out there and do that. Let the mistake come to you. Let the game come to you. Uh, and, and it's very difficult to try to go out there and make things happen. I was having this conversation with a, a couple of really good friends in the press box the other day. Y'all know Manny Randawa, Michael Klar, uh, and, and we were talking about how, you know, offense in baseball is, of course, it's the one of the, the major sports that's reactive, right? Every other sport, the ball is in your hands, the puck is on your stick, the action is with you, the offensive player, to do something to score. But in baseball, you, you can't do anything with a pitch you are not thrown, right? You, there's nothing you can do with a pitch you can't hit. So let it go. Wait for the one you can get, and then, and this is the key part, don't miss it, you know? And you're going to have those at-bats with those kinds of approaches where you fall behind, or if a guy just is absolutely boom, 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 nails his spots, you're going to be in in a tough position. And that's why it's good that he has such fantastic plate coverage. But his approach, quite frankly, should be almost everybody's approach. And he just doesn't, well, we'll see. I was about to say something that I'm actually not 100% sure of. I was going to say he just doesn't maybe have the the full ceiling or the bottom line talent or the, the whatever of some of the superstars in the game. But, you know, folks, like we really don't know those things, right? We Baseball analysts and, and evaluators and even scouts and, and quite frankly, Bud Black would in a moment of honesty, or probably even on record, Bud Black would admit this, that we're taking educated guesses. He's taking educated guesses. You think a guy is going to pan out. You think a guy's got star potential or or a low ceiling, maybe. And with Connor Joe, you know, there was a time he was, uh, he was like a first rounder. He was like a sandwich round pick. You know, that, that's weird. It always confused. He was a first round draft pick. Not a super high one. He was like in the 30s, right? But, he moved around teams. Obviously, you know about the cancer stuff. But the bottom line is, we really and truly do not know who this guy is as a player. His real rookie season was last year. And even that got truncated a bit by injuries and him beginning the year in AAA. He got like 93 games out of him. And I refuse to put a ceiling on a guy who right now has shown every element of the game that he can at least do it, and a lot of it he can do quite well. The very patient hitter, but the power we're seeing now. These are not cheap home runs this guy is hitting. These are yonkers, right? He's made a couple of really good athletic defensive plays at first. He's made some nice plays in the outfield last year. And so I'm not telling you that the Rockies have a new star player in Connor Joe. I'm not predicting that he's going to be an all-star this year or any of those things. But we're four games into the season. And why not, for a minute, think, what if? What could be? Like, there's no... We don't know. This guy's going to show us. Let's enjoy the Connor Joe show. Let's just find out. You know? Because, man, is he an exciting ball player to watch right now. And he is coming up big in big-time moments. Other good things to see for the offense, obviously, C.J. Crone. Apparently, that man can still hit baseballs very hard and very far. 451 feet 
on the home run that uh, put the Rockies back ahead in the ninth inning. Um, boy, was that a shot. 110 miles an hour off the bat. Again, if maybe Bard makes one more better pitch, that's your game winner. Uh, he's hit a couple of monster shots already early in the season. And again, those of you uh, that are regular listeners have heard me talk about it. I chatted with him down at spring training. And, you know, he basically explained to me what was going on with him the first month of the season last year where he was kind of, you know, he's a very smart guy and he's a very smart hitter. And he knew all about all this Coors and the hangover stuff. And he was aware of it. And he was, you know, picking people's brains. and, And he was saying, you know, I think I was just thinking about it too much. I was doing too much. I was trying to research too much. I wanted to be prepared. I was too prepared. Every time I went on the road, I had... All the stuff I was thinking about that I'd never really thought about before. And then I just kind of stopped doing that and got back to my regular CJ Crone approach. And since then, he's been one of the better hitters in the National League. He's been one of the better hitters for the Rockies through, you know, several four or five months of last season. And now it looks like he's picking up right where he left off this season. And that's really good to see that, you know, it wasn't like some kind of slump, streaky thing like that. Like I think he's going to be a pretty consistent, pretty solid hitter for your Rockies here for a while. Uh, another really good signing from Bill Schmidt to get him on his first. And there's another thing I talked to him about. And I'm going to be writing about it this week. But, you know, the first time he's gotten to spend a couple of seasons in the same place, he's been bouncing around on one-year deals, team to team to team. And he's really thankful to be playing for the Rockies, to feel like he's going to get to be here, you know, for at least these three years in a row. And obviously, uh, the guy feels very comfortable batting in the middle of the Rockies lineup. Uh, And you can say very similar things about Elias Diaz. We have seen that now with his contributions in the lineup. This was a big question again for me coming in because... You know, sometimes, and some it's it's rare, but sometimes a hot streak does last three or four months. You know, it, it does happen where you just get in the groove, you feel good, and everything works for you for a while. Then you go away, you come back, guys approach you differently the next season, whatever it is, and the magic is gone, right? And I wondered if that was going to happen with Diaz because we'd seen him be so bad for the first couple of months of last season and to see him come out this year and just pick up right where he left off just like cj crone it's like nope it wasn't a fluke streak or anything he appears as though he and he's talked about this and this is just what happened he made some adjustments he put those things into practice and they're paying dividends he's going to i think continue to be one of the better slugging catchers in the national league maybe in all of baseball as he was for several months a year ago so that this is going on with the offense and now i uh, know oh oh oh, oh uh, hmm. I, I have to talk about one more individual one more individual today i cannot leave out jose iglesias and his four hit day what a day for the veteran shortstop and again if you recall i i kept trying to remind people that <laughs> I understand the OPS plus stuff and the WRC plus stuff. I, I really do. And, and, and war and, and all of that. And those things are important tools. And I, I use them every single day. I get why batting average just has gone completely out of style for a lot of folks. But this guy's got nine years in baseball with a career 277 batting average. And he's never really played in a particularly strong hitting environment. 
He's had a career 12 to 13% strikeout rate, which means the batting average comes from putting the ball in play. I know we were all taught that as little kids, right? Put the ball in play, good things will happen. Well, today, Jose Iglesias put the ball in play, good things happened, especially coming up there with the big hit. Uh, you know, and, and that's a that's a huge spot. You start the California rule overtime silly nonsense. Yeah, I called it overtime. This isn't extra innings. This is overtime. This is Rob Manfred overtime. That's what this is. This is extra innings is what real baseball. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Back to Jose Iglesias. That's a that's a big spot, right? You you've got the runner at second, and you're the visitors. Like you've really got to put the pressure on the home team by bringing in this run. And at the very least, you've got to move the guy over in that first at-bat. That, that's a big thing there. But, of course, they've got Sam Hilliard at the plate, the, the biggest strikeout-prone guy on the roster. And, unfortunately for the Rockies, Sam Hilliard strikes out. So now it's going to be much more difficult to manufacture this run, right? You can't just move him over, move him in. You're going to need a base hit out of somebody. And that somebody was Jose Iglesias, who already had three hits in the game and had a couple of strikes on him. But comes up with the base hit. He does end up getting thrown out at second. Uh, but who cares? I mean, the Rockies could have had another run. If, uh, you, you don't know that Connor Joe is going to hit the home run. And whatever about the base running thing. I, I do... They've mostly been successful with it. I don't need this team to run. If they continue to be successful, like I said uh, about the send and the runner, even some of the, they've been decent with stolen bases and all of that. And, and I look across and they don't have any real speedsters, but they're all decent runners. But just, they should stop that. <laughs> I just think they're you're, they're going to hit the ball over the wall. They're going to hit the ball in the gap. Maybe take the extra base here and there, but I don't know. We'll see. If it continues to be successful, I'll eat my words on that one. And I think they're going to keep doing it. Buddy mentioned this weekend, uh, just before they left town, they're going to keep doing that. But either way, that's a huge base hit for Iglesias uh, to kind of bail out Sam Hilliard a little bit, make sure that the Rockies got that first run and really take a lot of pressure even off of Connor Joe for him to go up there and do what he did and add another. So you, you got to give it up for Jose Iglesias. Now back to the other thing I was just going to say about the offense in general, which is just that everyone has contributed so far this season. Uh, you know, Charlie Blackman maybe is the, the guy who's contributed the least amount. He, he's been struggling a bit, you know, of course we're all going to have those Charlie Blackman questions. We're, we're going to look in there's, there's been a lot of strikeouts. He's, Looked a little slow. He hasn't looked great in the field. He's getting older. I get it, you know, and and it's all fair and it's all there. And, and we're a few games in. And, and of course, that caveat has to be applied to all the positive things that I'm saying right now as well. Of course, we're only a few games in. Uh, but other than Charlie Blackman, no one's really in a you know big slump right now. And and no one and the other and the flip side of that, which is really interesting, is like no one's really super hot either. C.J. Crone and Connor Joe. Have probably been the biggest contributor so far. Ryan McMahon's had a couple of ugly bat at bats this season, but he's also had some big doubles. He had that big game in game two, you know, so everyone has contributed. And you could say that also of the pitchers. Obviously, some of your starters didn't give you the length you're looking for, but it's hard to say that any of them have imploded. And 
you know, there've been a couple of guys in the bullpen. The Rockies haven't had to use, like I said, you know, the Jordan Sheffield thing. I was like, eh, I'm, not, I'm not sure about that, but the guys they've gone to, everyone has contributed to this three, one start. So yeah, really interesting to see your team. And, and this is the final note that I'll say before I open up to Q and a on spaces and wrap it up here on the podcast. But what's in, intriguing to me about this start as much as anything and yeah i'm gonna get into magical baseball mumbo jumbo here so if you're a super analytics person i i apologize for this but these games feel in control in fact if not for that one inning obviously right in the opener the rockies are kind of sweeping here and and today's game got out of control a couple of times in some weird ways and in for both teams and some funky plays on the bases that we talked about but what's strange to me is that they find in throughout their past they find ways to lose games like this and probably somehow some way one of those games over the weekend in fact, I'll tell you exactly when the game would have completely fallen apart and where the bullpen would have gone to pieces any time in the last two years. It's after the Chris Bryant error, right? The Chris Bryant error that brings in three runs with two outs and what should have been a 9-1 to win over the Dodgers in a rubber match becomes a 9-4 ball game that looks closer than it was. The Rockies have been taking care of business and, you know, yeah, there are those moments. But that's the other thing. It's not like they've played perfectly at all. Ugly play there from Bryant. We've seen some, like I mentioned, a couple of ugly plays, or at least the one ugly play from Blackman. You know, the few things here and there. But pretty solid baseball so far. We'll see what happens tomorrow. I want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. If you're in the spaces, hang out. We're going to do the Q&A. But for those of you in the podcast, thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you're following on Twitter at Drew Creaseman so you can join us in the spaces. Make sure you're reading all of the written material on milehighsports.com and subscribing to the 20th and Blake podcast. Thank you for continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. You know that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.